Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Greetings, everybody, and... Welcome to the campfire. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you back here. As you know, we have a Facebook group where people ask questions, and then you can also email us uh, through stresslesscamping.com. We are reading a lot of the same question over and over. Yep, we are. That is people who are spooked by boondocking. Don't be afraid. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. We love October. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's not just Oktoberfest, but it's also uh, Spooky. Yeah. Oh, and next week, by the way. Next week, we release on Halloween. And we do, and it's Campfire Ghost Stories. Yeehaw. Uh, so if you have a good one you'd like us to share with our audience, email us or let us let know. Let us know. We, we, have, uh, we have a scary collection already, but more is better. But first, before we talk about boondocking... <laughs> RV interior upgrades. You wrote a nice article about what you did with our trailer. Well, thank you. So not ones to ever leave well enough alone. No. <laughs> and not ones that uh, like, and we've talked about this before, all brown. Oh, God, that's the scary thing in this podcast. <laughs> we did talk before when we talked about the RV show, how uh, some of this year's models had colors other than brown, which was very exciting, but we didn't get that model. Ours is nope. pretty much all brown. Yep. So in order to just infuse a little bit of color, a little bit of personality, a little bit of theme, va va voom to our tra travel trailer, who, by the way, is named Kirby. Yeah. I actually got some fabric from my friend Beverly Emmel, and it had have uh, Woody's printed on it. Woody's and surfboards and the whole kind of Retro Beach Boys beach. kind of yeah. theme. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. We got to tell everybody. The reason we call the trailer Kirby is we use it to go to car shows because we also publish the curbside car show calendar. Right. And so it got that name because curbside preceded stressless camping right exactly and we realized that we were doing stressless camping on our way to the curbside car shows and we couldn't call it stressy because <laughs> would not work well at all although i've seen people who should name their rv stressy at uh RV anyway parks. so kirby needed a little bit of personality and beverly provided some fabric that's got woody print on it and i loved it and so i turned our valances our brown valances into woody print valances and then my other friend bobby shaw gave me a shower curtain with woodies on it and we liked it so much we use it not only as a shower curtain but we bought a spare one and i made curtains for the windows yeah now here's the cool thing so there are i see a lot of mods on the old interwebs where people just completely transform their RVs. And that is not a bad thing to do. Um, however, there is also a consideration and whether you care or not of how saleable that right. RV this is. This is true. 
So if you do completely paint the interior of your RV white and use neon stripes and whatever else you choose to do. You're going to have to find someone else who loves it if you decide to sell it. Right. And typically people tend to keep these for three to five years. That's right. That's about average. Yep. So, um, again, if you don't care, that is fine. That is, you know, it's your darn trailer or your darn RV. But it's just if you want to have this as kind of in the back of your mind. What Peggy did is modified everything that was kind of detachable. So we have cool pillows that are... Um, yep. Actually, I just made pillow covers that go over the existing pillows. So if I don't want those pillows to look like that anymore, or we want to sell it and we want to sell the pillows and they don't want to have woody coverings, I just take the covers off. Right. Same with the valances. I did sew them on, but a little bit of time with a stitch ripper and they would look just like they did coming off the factory walls. And the old curtains are in a cupboard in the bedroom. Yeah. So <laughs> the color stuff that we that Peggy did, I, I take no credit for this, uh, is all kind of reversible. And that's kind of cool. But again, we'd love to see what you've done with your RV if you've made mods because they're pretty cool and oftentimes very inspirational. And you may have heard that we did take the couch out and just flat sell it. Right. So we're so, not completely taking our own right. advice. We can't put that couch back when we're ready to well, sell it. Well, we could it. always order another one, I which would be ridiculous. <laughs> so anyway, uh, RV Mods, what are yours? I'd love to see those. Indeed. On the old social interwebs, as it were. So anyway, that's our advice on kind of camper mods. And you yeah. can see the article and photos. Make it yours, but... Maybe perhaps make it reversible. Yeah. If you know, again, your choice. Our next topic, boondockers. One of the ways to do some boondocking is with Boondockers Welcome, which is one of our partners. Indeed. Boondockers. Yeah, Welcome. indeed. Right. <laughs> People are gonna be listening to this in April and going, Oh dear God. <laughs> but that's okay. So Boondockers Welcome is sort of a matchmaking service that puts you in touch with people who welcome you on their property for one night or sometimes multiple nights. Uh, there is absolutely no cost to stay at these people's properties. Right. And they're all over North America. Yep. Yes, they are. Uh, there are farms and houses and uh, ranches and just all sorts of stuff. And the good thing is, wherever you're going, you can use Boondockers Welcome's website to help you plan your adventure. So the stays are always free at the places and you may find great local tour guides. There's great local destinations and all you need is an RV that is self-contained that right. has everything you need in it. And honestly, if you're just trying to get from point A to point C and it's too far apart and point B happens to be just a place off the road to pull in. Sometimes that's all you want. Sometimes that's all you need. And sometimes that's all that's offered. And that's okay, too. Yeah. So it's, it's very cool. I mean, it's not always like, come in, have dinner with us. You no, know? definitely not. Uh, and the good thing is we have on our completely newly refurbished partners page an advert for Boondockers Welcome there where you get a discount for signing up through that's our right. link. So that helps support our podcast and website 
and gives you a discount and just everybody wins. And so. we have a boondocking station right here at our house. Yeah. So we are boondocker welcome hosts. Yep. So when you sign up and you happen to get make your way through Northern California, give us a ring. Yeah. We may, uh, we may be around if we're not on the road and we'd love to meet you in person. And we'll and wa- we could walk you down into town and drink some wine. Or beer. Have some dinner. Yeah. It's <laughs> lot, we, we live very close to a cool little farming town that has a brewery and three wineries. Yep. And cool places to eat. So anyway, there you go. Boondockers, welcome. And speaking of our partners page, we have a new partner this week, and that's RV Share. So if you're thinking of getting into RVing and you don't own an RV yet, RV Share will let you rent other people's RVs, and you can rent large RVs, travel trailers, uh, small tra- RVs, just about anything you can imagine. This is such a great way. If you are almost ready and you're not really sure what you want, I see that a lot on a lot of Facebook groups and a lot of places like, well, what's better? Well, you know, what's better is what's better for you. So maybe an RV, maybe a van, maybe a travel trailer, maybe a fifth wheel. The great thing about RV Share is if you haven't really decided which way to go, rent some of these different kinds of units and take them out and try them. And then it'll help you narrow down what really does work for you and your family. Right. And here's another cool thing. A lot of these RV Share owners will actually drop the RV off at a campsite or wherever you'd like to do camping. So you may not even have to drive or tow the vehicle. It can be dropped off and ready for you to go, and there you go. Which so. is good if if uh, driving, towing a trailer is also a spooky thing for That's you. true. <laughs> <laughs> and it is for some people. It so. is. It was for me until I until we actually started doing it. And yeah, Peggy is really good at backing the trailer. It was. You know what's funny? All the all the <laughs> wow. people who I know who have said, God, packing the trailer is so scary, is so scary, (laughs) are good at it. I did it all by myself last time I went out on my own. Well, you know, to meet other girls, but I was the first one at camp and I knew where I was going. I already knew where my site was. I didn't even bother to check in in the office because I didn't want help. I just wanted to do it on my own, and I did. And she did. Zero problems. She sent me a picture, because I wasn't allowed because of my plumbing. <laughs> it was a girls-only weekend, and uh, she sent me a picture. Look, I did this, and I'm like, I, I know you can. You're awesome <laughs> at driving the truck and trailer. Anyway, if you're not awesome yet, or you haven't discovered that you're awesome yet, use RV Share, rent some different kinds of RVs, or rent the same RV a few yeah. times until you really get into it, and then you'll know that that's what you want. So here's another thing. Let's say you have a smaller RV like us, but you would like, you you know, let's say your nephews and nieces are coming along or a bunch of other people, you could rent a bigger one. Right. Or if you have a big one and you need to rent a smaller one, you could do that. Thank you, RV Share, for joining our family and for helping out our listeners and readers. And RV Share is also on our partners page? Everything is. Yeah, we yeah. put I rebuilt that whole page recently and there's all kinds of cool stuff there, discounts and deals and and all of that. We try to have great resources for you and so that's that was part of it, rebuilding that page. Excellent. So, could you use RV Share to try boondocking for the first time? You could. You Absolutely. Could. <laughs> Don't be spooked by boondocking. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I used to actually be scared of boondocking. Well, well is this odd. is a weird thing. 
I grew up boondocking. Yeah. Back then, we just called it camping. We didn't know that was a word for it. You know, there weren't as, I don't know if there were as many campgrounds. I didn't know about them because I lived in Southern California and we spent our time out in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And now I realize that's called boondocking. In the Frito-Lay truck. In (laughs) Grandma and Grandpa's Frito-Lay truck. Although they also had, yeah, they had a 66 (laughs) Winnebago Lifetime Premier Motorhome. When we first got Kirby... I thought, oh, well, no, we we have all these hookups. We need to go to parks that have hookups available because that's how we have to do it. And it literally took me like a year before I stopped being spooked by the idea of boondocking. (laughs) Like, why is my brain so goofy that it forgot that I know completely well how to boondock? Yeah, I mean... Technically, I guess, even if you're tent camping, that's boondocking, right? Sure. Because yeah. there's no You've got services. no plugs to plug in. <laughs> right. Well, you could, but I don't know what you'd plug it into. So, Well, but, I, now I have seen people in tents with extension cords running fans. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's like true. That. They ran an extension cord. <laughs> we went camping with a big group because I think we've mentioned we like camping in groups and camping by ourselves. One of the tent campers... Ran an extension cord out of our outside plug, and I think they were running fans or something. Barbara and Sean. Yeah. Well, and they blew up their mattress. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Boondocking doesn't have to be scary. And like a lot of things, like learning to ride a bicycle or or whatnot, you can start small. Yes. What is boondocking? Boondocking is camping off-grid, basically, using the services that are built into your RV if you have one. And all RVs are effectively designed to go completely off-grid. So they have water systems and they have heating systems and all of that is designed to operate without being plugged in for right. a certain period of time. Right. So that's Different the- amounts of time depending on how big the tanks are, how many people are in the trailer or how many people are in the RV and things like that. So yeah, boondocking and- sometimes can, I mean, some of those big class A motorhomes, a couple can boondock for ever right well (laughs) our friend linda her toy hauler has over a hundred gallons of fresh water yeah she could boondock forever she could and she has huge holding tanks too so the first thing i think you should do if you're kind of new to boondocking and you want to give it a try is go out for one night just try it and see what happens and as we've discussed in our rv electrical uh discussion there are Certain things that if you, okay, so with your RV, if you do not have a generator, certain things will not work. Right. So when you go boondocking, don't take microwave popcorn. No. Well, you can take it, (laughs) but you're not Don't expect to make microwave popcorn. Um, So what effectively doesn't work, and this is not true for all RVs, this is a generalization, but what generally doesn't work is the AC or 110 plugs and anything that runs off 110 volts AC. And that's your microwave, your air conditioner, all the plugs. So typically those things do not work off battery. Now, the exception to that is, of course, if you have a generator. Right. Because a generator generates 110 and you can run your air conditioner and your microwave and you can run things that are plugged in. Yep. However, let's talk about some people need 110 power for medical devices. Right. So CPAP that makes machines. boondocking a little more spooky. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, gosh. 
let's say you do require one of these medical devices and you don't want to run your generator all night. I mean, who wants to sleep through? Right. right? Ugh, God. Because the idea of boondocking, at least to me, is that you're going somewhere off the beaten path yep. and enjoying the peace and tranquility of nature. And there is nothing that spoils that faster than a little gasoline engine going. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> if you have, let's say, a CPAP machine, uh, one of the things we use electric lawn mowing stuff and we happen to like the ego brand for that and the ego brand has a pretty fat 56 volt battery well they make this little device called an ego power plus and it'll run a 110 plug you don't for, say i do say ah. <laughs> so you can run a one uh, now it it will probably run a cpap machine overnight and you should know what your CPAP machine or whatever medical device demands. Sure, you're going to you're gonna check this all out. Don't right. just go running out yeah. and buy hey, one, he said, the one thing he said to buy because yeah. he, he, he doesn't use one. Yeah. He, he doesn't could, know. Right. He said we could run this thing and I died. <laughs> oh, well, now you can haunt us. Um, but, but seriously, so that is an option and that's a battery-powered device. Uh, there are actually quite a few of these battery-powered in uh, inverter devices where you can plug something in to 110 for right. a period of time. Uh, I just saw a Kickstarter project on one. I don't remember much more than that, but it included solar panels to recharge it. Oh. Which is kind of cool. What I like about this Ego device is let's say, you know, you go through a battery, well, you can always swap out batteries. Sure. Whereas that other one that I saw on Kickstarter, all the batteries were inside this device, so that was convenient. But then if the batteries die, then you have to recharge the whole device. Right. So there are options. And then, okay, so back to the beginning of boondocking. What you'll want to know is how much of the resources that your RV has that you use in a typical overnight stay right so for example linda has 100 gallons of fresh water yeah if she uses i don't know 10 gallons a day she'll have water for 10 days right we have 40 gallons of fresh water there's two of us if we use then say 20 gallons a day that gives us enough water for uh two days, two days. however we have that's found not right because we've done it for four or five so correct. that's not the right math <laughs> um the way we have solved that is um Go places that have shower houses, yes. for example. Uh, take shorter showers or navy showers, as they they yes. say. And every RV is designed for this. There's a there's a shut off switch on the shower head, right? And it you know you get all soaked up, and then you shut the water off, and it kind of dribbles out. That's, right, it trickles out so that the water doesn't get cold while you're while it's waiting for you to turn it back yeah, on. Because that would be miserable. A lot of people think something's wrong and it's broken and it doesn't work right. But trust me, you don't want to turn it off and then get a blast of cold after no, when you're ready to come back to the good. water. Again, learn how much water you're going to use. Now, if you have teenagers, you can boondock for probably seven minutes. Maybe. Maybe six. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there are teenagers who are good with water conservation. But water seems to be the limiting factor. Yeah, and so that's an true. Another way around that is to bring bottled water for drinking and then just use the water in your RV 
that you know in the tanks and such for like showers and that sort of right. thing. Right. Yep. Cooking shower or not even cooking necessarily showers and toilet. Right. And then in that case, you could use obviously paper plate instead of china or whatever plastic, whatever, because they they burn in the fire. This is true. They do burn in the fire. So Those there's that lousy cheap. I know. Peggy Peggy doesn't like paper (laughs) plates. I don't like paper plates. But sometimes I don't like doing dishes either, so. Yeah. (laughs) And then another way to save water is to do all your food prep in advance. So all you have to do is basically take it out. And then we we use, uh, our trailer has a little outdoor barbecue. Yeah. And we bought these plastic barbecue mats that makes zero sense to me. Why doesn't the plastic melt? It's silicone. It's I know. Not plastic. It's just still in my mind. It's so it, weird, though. Yeah. yeah You're just, like, just throw that sheet of plastic on there, and you can fry an egg on your barbecue yeah, grill. Yeah, it just it just <laughs> is too weird to me. Even though it obviously works, and so I use that outdoor grill for all kinds of food. I mean, I've fried eggs, as you just mentioned, and bacon. You've reheated and, quiches. Yep. Yeah. I've and of course sausages and just all kinds of stuff. That thing is amazing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Right, and frankly, if you're boondocking, you've still got your propane bottles, so your indoor stove and even your indoor oven works. So if you need to reheat something and you you know you really like to do it in the oven, that's perfectly going to work just fine. Yeah, and your refrigerator will work well, assuming you have a gas electric fridge, right? Which RVs generally tend to. Your refrigerator will still work. I shouldn't say refrigerator. It's refrigerator. Refrigerator. Your fridge. Your reefer. (laughs) So the refrigerator will work. Uh, The heater works off batteries too. What happens is, right, uh, you use the 12 volt in the RV batteries to run the little fan in the heater. Yeah. And then then use propane to actually make the heat. Right. So it works as well. The so, air conditioner doesn't work, but, you know, go RVing where you don't need it. Right. That's a simple solution. Check your water usage, see how much you use, and then budget accordingly. Another thing is electrical usage because those batteries do have a limit as to how much they'll power. They do have a limit, and there are solar panels, and we've talked about solar uh, recharging before. However, you got to have sun. True. So when you camp at the beach on Christmas and it's rainy that year, that 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 only only happened to us once. We've done it successfully on several occasions, but there was a time there wasn't enough sun for the solar panels to keep our batteries up, and it it was a little spooky. Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't so much that there wasn't sun; there was just an overabundance of rain, and I didn't want to leave. Oh, and you didn't put the panels out in the rain, right? Because of the charge controller on the back of them. Got it. Okay. So electronics and water not always a good combination. So that's the year we went to Costco and bought a generator. That's right. That's why we have a generator now. (laughs) And so we use that generator to recharge. We have two deep cycle uh, six volt batteries on our trailer. And typically, if you go buy a travel trailer, you're going to get one battery. But a lot of times they'll offer you the option of a second battery. I am just drooling over lithium batteries i know you are honey but and someday our batteries were fa- will fail and we'll have to get new batteries and that's the route we'll go because yes. then we won't have to ever ever do it again <laughs> yeah that's true well so lithium has the advantage of lasting longer you can charge you can discharge it more and recharge it more quickly with solar so it does have advantages like that 
But the disadvantages, God, they're expensive. They're expensive. But they're also very lightweight. Yeah. And they also don't emit any gases or anything. Correct. So if you need to rearrange your storage situation, you can actually put those batteries inside the camper somewhere that keeps them safer, um, protects them a little bit. And then you've got maybe more room or more weight on your tongue that you can do other things with. Correct. Well, yeah, you, you may lighten your tongue load, but you know, depends. But anyway, so battery is the other thing. And if you have some way of recharging batteries, either with your solar system, if you have one, and we have an article about that, or a generator, if you have one, yep. uh, then typically, I mean, you'll easily go overnight. I mean, you should be able to go one to three nights off of even one battery, let alone two. Right, right. Even depending, without recharging. Surprisingly. Again, depending on how much you use it. In the wintertime, when it gets dark at like, I don't know, 2 p.m., and <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn the lights on all the time. You're obviously, you know, and lights are LEDs for the most part. They're not going to go through a lot of power, but every little thing that takes power is going to take power. So yeah, it just depends on your situation. Again, those teenagers yeah. don't know how to take short showers and don't know how to turn off lights. I sound like my grandpa now. I know, right? <laughs> Stay off my lawn. <laughs> One of the things that surprised me, and there's also an article on RV electricity on our website. Right. I looked at all the different things in the RV and how much power they drew. And what really surprised me is how much power that little fan in the, the heater. heater used. Yeah. Yeah. That was surprising. I don't, I would, I hadn't even really thought about it needing battery power because I know the, the fire, the heat actually comes from propane. And then until you said it, I'm like, oh, well, of course you need some power to blow the fan. But when you told me how much it was, I was pretty surprising. Yeah. It's, I was really, that's a, it's a relatively large draw. So, but again, not so much that you're going to drain a battery in a couple hours. And so just go make a campfire and sit by the fire and don't worry about the heater. That's true. Exactly. (laughs) Why would you want to go boondocking? What is the advantage? Well, there's a lot of advantages. One of the advantages is you probably can find a place that you don't have to pay for camping. Yep. It's free. It is free. Another thing is it's very experiential. So, for example, Peggy and I boondocked in the desert. And it's just so cool because there's nobody around and there's all these stars. And it was just, it was just beautiful. Right. And I think we, I think we've mentioned this before too, that it was so dark and so quiet and city boy, I mean, um, somebody that was with me was wondering when it was going to get noisier so he could go to sleep. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't used to how quiet it was. I, I mean, you put on headphones and listen to radio night all night or something. No, no, but it's, it, yeah, it was weird for me. I'm used to a little more noise, but especially now that in those done, days. Now that we've done more boondocking though, we get used to that quiet and that darkness and that solitude and just so relaxing yes it real and usually it's darker yeah yeah so that's the other nice thing um there are services like we mentioned already boondockers welcome but also harvest hosts where you're boondocking and god some of these places that you go are just incredible right yeah and then there's public lands blm lands there's national parks there's forest i mean gosh it's just boondocking offers these experiences that i always say are instagram worthy 
Yeah, for it's sure. Just, these are the places that you take pictures of and your friends on Instagram go, oh my gosh, what a beautiful campsite. And it's the those places where you see the picture of the RV and there's nothing around in yeah, terms of other RVs. it's not necessarily a campsite. It's just a, right. a place you find in the middle of nowhere. So that's <laughs> why you'd want to do it. I mean, it's... The experiences are great. You don't have to worry about your neighbors, assuming there aren't any. And it's uh, it's wonderful. I love boondocking. Right. And conversely, if you're like wanting to whoop it up and have a few, you know, few people together and have a big loud party, go out in the middle of nowhere. Do all the noise yeah. making you want. You're not going to disturb anybody and there's no quiet time. And why not? Yeah, exactly. You have your own like little mini Burning Man situation That's or funny. That's what I was just <laughs> thinking. Yeah, you can make your own Burning Man. Just, as, you know, be careful with the burning part. Yeah, don't burn too much. Yeah, we, we come from a, a place where burning is, is scary. Yeah. It's spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another thing, all RVs need some maintenance now and again. And right. So you'll probably want to know normal behavior with your RVs. And again, we have an article about this too on the website, how your RV normally behaves. And then if it doesn't, what to do about it because you are off the grid and you're, you know, there's not a lot of neighbors to help you. So it's right. good. I, I always am an advocate of having a small toolkit with you. And this is always a good idea. This isn't just specific to boondocking. Even if you're going to be camping in a campground in the, in the middle of a city and you know that there's a mechanic nearby, why do you want to go and pay someone to help you for little things? Just get that information, know that information, have your little toolkit. There's going to be some things you you can't fix out in the middle of nowhere, obviously. Yeah. But if you prepare yourself and, uh, you know, and like Tony said, know the, the RV's normal behavior so you recognize something, it's going bad, you can either fix it or you can pack up and get into a town where you can get help. Yeah. Think of how many times I've had to put the stupid stovetop back together or even the stove itself. (laughs) Our stove has a tendency and no matter how many times we fix it, it comes apart. It likes to wiggle apart. It does. And so we get to where we're going and it's like, ah, geez, I got to fix the stove again. (laughs) And they put the tiniest screws in the most awkward and the weirdest positions for getting into there. So Tony, how do you find places to boondock? Because, you know, like I know where, where I've gone all my life, but I don't know I could find that on a map. Well, there are all kinds of resources on the good old interwebs. One of the things, if you have places that you enjoy, perhaps the local visitors bureau or chamber of commerce. Might this be is true. Good. They might be able to help you. If you're a member, I believe, of the Elks Club, they have their boondocking. You can, yeah, you can boondock at an Elks Lodge parking lot or whatever. Yep. Those are some of the places, of course, you know, our partners, Boondockers Welcome and Harvest Hosts. Right. Those are, I mean, especially Harvest Hosts, they're just, they're incredible destinations. Yeah, this is true. Forests, public lands, uh, the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, keep your ear to the ground in the various RV forums and ask around if there's an area of the country that you'd like to stay in perhaps people have great tips that's right it's always you know as much as (laughs) as much as facebook can give you a whole lot of bad information if you get in the right group of people and ask for hey where can i boondock in 
in such and such county of such and such state, there's going to be a bunch of people that give you some great ideas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's all kinds of great information in the various Facebook groups. Um, so that's that's how you'd find it. And then, of course, if you have a great resource, we'd love to know. And we have our own Facebook group and we keep it friendly and fun and that's upbeat. right that's right there's no grumps at our campfire nope not allowed nope you have to be a stressless camper one of the things i, I do want to address people talk about wall docking or staying at cracker barrels or <laughs> crack docking crack <laughs> oh you know that's more appropriate than you than you think a lot of localities are are shutting down the so it if you don't know it's common that you can stay a single night at a Walmart. Right. And, and a that Walmart was... A parking lot or a Cracker Barrel cart parking lot. Yep. And that was sort of a tenant of Sam Walton. He knew that RVers were needing a place to stay and they would likely come in and buy something. So he let people stay. And unfortunately, some people have just abused and ruined that. Yep. For example, I wouldn't go 10 feet near our local Walmart with my travel trailer. No, it's, because it, too many people have decided that that's where they want to live. Yeah, and, and it's just, it has become so seedy, and so our local city council is looking to shut down that as, thing. as a lot of municipalities are. So, you know, if, if that's fine. If you feel like you want to stay in a Walmart parking lot, that's fine. Check with the Walmart, but also... I warn you, check with that that specific Walmart because some cities just plain don't allow overnight parking in any parking lot, regardless of what Sam Walton wanted. Right. And and the other thing is, it's common courtesy to go in and ask the manager yes. if you can stay and don't put out camp chairs and light a campfire. Yeah, don't and, set up your campfire. Uh, yeah, put out your awning and all that. You're simply using it as a brief respite to spend the night So and that move you can on. get yourself off the road for a few hours and get some rest and not have to drive all night. It is not, it is not a campground. Exactly. Unless you're at our local one and it is a campground for you if your RV is one sneeze away from falling apart. <sighs> Yeah, unfortunately, it's that. It gets abused. It gets abused, and then people take notice, and yep. then things change. And in some other places, besides Walmart and Cracker Barrel, those are the ones that people talk about a lot. But, you know, I think those Cabela's and, and Bass Pro Shops also um, have that same kind of a rule. Yeah. Again, if the city allows it. Right. And then, again, it's common courtesy to go inside and ask someone in management, may I please stay here? And it's also very nice if you need supplies to buy them there. Yeah, do support those businesses. Yeah, because and, they're uh, supporting you. Yeah, they're saving you. I mean, heck, we what are campsites now? 30 Shh. to 70 right. or up to 100 bucks a yeah. night. So if you're saving that, boondocking can also save you a lot of money. So it's a better, right. it may be a better experience and it's a huge cost saving. So but it takes that, a little planning. Yeah, a little bit, but not not much. RVs are designed for this. Right. So. Well, I mean, it takes, you know, making sure you know where you're going to be able to. Yeah, You that's can't true. just look at a map and go, hey, this is the Walmart we're going to stay in that night. Correct. Exactly. Not anymore. Anyway. 
Anyway, that's boondocking. Don't be fair. Don't be spooked by by boondocking. Sometimes I wish we could see the faces of people listening to this podcast. And other times I'm glad we can't. Yeah, all those eye rolls. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, heck, I'm doing it my own self. So I'm sure the listeners are too. It's my goal. It's my goal (laughs) to make your eyes roll. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of boondocking, one of our other partners from the beginning has been Harvest Host. That's right. And, and they've got some beautiful places to oh, boondock. Yeah. The golf courses, uh, wineries, breweries, an alpaca farm. How where, fun would that be? I know. Be? Joel, the owner, got a massage from an 80 year old nun. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have an episode where we got to uh, interview Joel Holland from Harvest Host. And some of the experiences he shared were just truly delightful there is a railroad place that we still need to get to the largest rail yard in the u.s and there are harvest hosts where is that i don't remember okay yeah never mind crs (laughs) so anyway harvest host we have a discount on our website also under our partners page just incredible experiential places and if you ever want to whet your appetite for boondocking Go to Harvest Host's website, which is linked in our partners page. It, yeah, check out their list, and then you'll be like, got to sign up because I got to go see these places. Yeah, and you'll save money at, That's right. by going through our website. If so, you can't think of any desk, oh, I don't know where I'd like to travel. I'll just go there and yeah. give you some great ideas. Oh, yeah, or follow them on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. We are not going through Harvest Host, but we're going to Big Bear, California. Yippee! I love Big Bear. I do, too. I miss. I used to go there a lot, especially when I was younger. This is going to surprise you. I know. I used to go there and ski. I know. Oh, my you gosh. You told me that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? The man now? who hates the snow. Yeah, but I didn't when I was <laughs> younger, and I loved to go there and ski and, and did quite frequently. It was a lot of fun. And Big Bear is... So Big Bear is trippy because... By the way, this is Big Bear, a little town in Southern California. Correct. Because I think there are probably Big Bears everywhere. That's true. (laughs) Um, But this is outside of LA and you here you are in LA and two hours away or so is this mountain resort. And so, for example, when we were in Hemet recently, Big Bear was an hour and a half away. Something close by. So you don't even have to camp there. But of course, there are plenty of great places to camp there. But if you happen to be in L.A. or, you know, near there in Southern California, because L.A. is a big place. That's right. <laughs> big Bear. I go up there and, and spend the day, spend a couple spend of days. Spend a couple of days. It's such a cute little town, kind of a little alpine village kind of yeah. place. And some great stores and some great experiences and oh, some great food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We One of our favorite things, there's this place there called the Teddy Bear Cafe. Yeah. And they have they have this sandwich called the Ham Stack. Oh, I it's, can taste it now. Yeah. Oh. I haven't had it in years and I can taste it now. Yeah. So good. It, it is. One time when we were living in LA, they also make these phenomenal peanut butter pies. And I I just, I called him and I said, hey, do you have any peanut butter pies? And he said, well, we do, but they're just whole pies. And I said, oh, then I'll come and get one. 
And they said, well, you have to buy it piece by piece. And oh, it's like 25 bucks. It was or like whatever. 35 yeah, bucks maybe. for a I pie. Drove, and he had to drive four hours. Yeah, I drove two hours it. up to Big Bear, got me a peanut butter pie and came back. In Fresh time out of the more. freezer. Yeah. So then by the time he got back, it was ready to eat. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Good old Teddy Bear Cafe. They also have the Alpine Slide. And this is something, uh, it's it's just fun to do. You get like a carpet and slide down the slide. And there's Yay. a number of, yeah, it's kind of cool. The Pine Knot Village is kind of a shopping center there. And of course, you can't forget about the Bear Mountain Brewery. Nope. They, have, <laughs> they had a really good IPA there. Yeah. Well, how would you know about a really good IPA? Research. Oh, well, yeah. Lots never mind. and lots and lots of research. <laughs> And then in the summertime, Big Bear has 22 miles of shoreline, and there's there's a number of watercraft rentals, boats and jet skis and that sort of thing. You know, one of the greatest fireworks, 4th of July fireworks I ever saw was when we went up to Big Bear and visited, oh, yeah. and we were staying with some friends, and we were right, they had a cabin right on the edge of the lake, and we could just see the fireworks over the lake. It was just phenomenal yeah it's kind of cool you don't have to worry about burning anything down when you shoot a firework over a lake right right so yeah that's true and there's shore fishing year-round so if you're into fishing that's a great place to go and if you're into off-roading it's a super terrific place to go yeah because they let you drive jeeps right yeah you can rent a jeep to drive yeah there's a place that'll rent you a jeep and they have some really good off-roading trails there in big bear and if you don't have your own Jeep, you can rent one there. And they're really well-equipped Jeeps. They're not just off the factory floor, but these got, these things have been modified. If you like uh, off-roading, it's pretty darn cool. They, now, I have to say that when we talked about Sedona and we talked about the pink Jeep tour and the places that they took us, I, I don't know that we'd be adventurous enough to go to some of the places if we had our own Jeeps in Sedona. Well, they have guides. Oh, I would. Oh, I absolutely would. Oh, yeah. I love off-roading. Yes. Yes, indeed. They also have this thing called Urban Adventure Quest, and you use your smartphone to solve clues and kind of tour Big Bear Village. It's kind of a clever idea. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. We've so we're always got your nose in your phone anyhow, right? so <laughs> you might what as well be that? doing something fun with it. We were at this party the other night. It was a murder mystery dinner, and we were using our phones to solve these clues. That was well, really- Well, that a- was a separate thing. It wasn't right. the murder mystery, but after the mystery was over and people went home, we sat down and played a game of fibbage oh, online. Yeah. That was fun. Which was a lot of fun. It was sort of a, uh, I think the game of Balderdash was a- a game where you wrote words down, but you had to make up a lie about the definition that was on the screen. Balderdash, you say. <laughs> and But it, that was an online thing. And so Tony said, well, you know, we're all sitting around. We're going to be looking at our phones anyway. We might as well be doing it <laughs> together. <laughs> right. Isn't that funny? It's like, hey, why don't you guys come over who I haven't seen in a, in a while? And well, look at our phones. <laughs> Big Bear. Big Bear. It's a neat little place to go, and when we really enjoy it, any chance we get to go there. And then if you want to see some of the native wildlife, but without being out in wildlife, there's the Alpine Zoo at Big Bear? Yeah, it's a cool zoo. They have It's one of two Alpine zoos in the U.S., Oh, and they have like 
wolves and eagles and things Black that are bears and yeah foxes. things that are native to big bear yeah that's yeah, a it's a cool place to go and you can fly in too it's a it's an interesting airport <laughs> it's really an interesting airport i mean it's an alpine yeah. mountain so yeah there's not it's, there's not a whole big super big wide spot for of clear space well, it's taken off that's yeah. the yeah and uh seven thousand feet it's up there around seven thousand feet so uh-huh. So you hardly have to land because you're it's all it's as high as you're flying anyway. Right? Yeah, you just slow down and open the door. <laughs> well, there you go. We've been to Big Bear. We've been boondocking, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We again really appreciate when you tell your friends. Also, the reviews, especially on iTunes, go a long way to telling even people you don't. That's know. true. We really do appreciate your reviews. Yes, indeed, they are. Uh, that's how a lot of people find us is seeing the reviews. And so for those of you who have written reviews, we, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you very much. And if you happen to be near a keyboard and near, uh, now it's called Apple Podcasts. It's no longer iTunes. Oh. Well, we'd appreciate your review. We would indeed. And if you're near a keyboard also, check us out on the old interwebs. We are at stresslesscamping.com where you can find our blog other episodes of this podcast our partners page with all those beautiful discounts yeah discounts discounts are good and uh also all the jumping off points for all the social media places including our facebook group and And our instagram yeah facebook page and all of that so thank you again for joining us this week on the podcast we we really appreciate camping here with you and we sure do happy, happy camping. camping we hope you enjoyed this week's adventure time to get out on your own journey but don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit stresslesscamping.com for photos stories an rv calendar and more i'm stressless camper larry richardson wishing you happy camping Spooked by boondocking. Don't be afraid. <laughs>